0: This is Be Heard right here on WHCR, 92.3 fm the voice of Harlem. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sunday. If you are watching us live, this is Be Heard Talk, where we talk race, politics, and culture from our very different perspectives. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be alive. We're talking all things Beyonce and all things Black, so that's always a good combination here on Be Heard. Um, you can follow me. My name is Selena Hill. You can follow me at Miss Selena Hill. Miss is spelled with an MS. You can also check me out at missselenahill.com.
1: Hey, Tammy. Hey, y'all. Happy Sunday Fun Day. Yo, starting the show with wop 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 got me ready to go. Um, your problematic fave today is in a really good mood, so there's no problematic opinions here. Just loving my blackness and loving Beyonce um thank you for joining us so much i appreciate y'all uh if you're interested in following me um i will not give you my twitter because that is ratchet but i will share my instagram today which is miss david if you nasty m-i-s-s like the janet song baby let's go so before we get to our amazing topic for today which i'm sure Everybody's dying for, I can't wait to talk about Miss Beyoncé. Uh, we're going to start off with the news roundup, which is our weekly segment where we bring you the best stories of the week, the worst stories of the week, and the stories that were just something to fill your day and talk crap with your friends about. So let's get it started. Uh, today we're going to talk about WAP and how it blew up the internet with finery and Beautiful imagery, minus Kylie. Uh, we're gonna talk about Trump and we're gonna talk about Oprah possibly, uh, and how she may single-handedly have put her money where her mouth is in terms of Brianna Taylor. So let's get a crack in. First up, Stan, why was Kylie Jenner in the WAP video?
2: Come on, that had nothing to do why? with Why? This has nothing to do with Stanley. Stanley is an anti I'm an anti-Kylie Jenner or a white woman who steal black women's labor and black women's skills to get rich. I don't support any of that kind of foolishness. What Thank I like to do you. is make believe those eight seconds didn't exist. She was pointless, too. She was yeah. completely pointless. Yeah. As I was watching that video at 1.37 in the morning with the lights off and possibly on mute, Kylie Jenner stepping onto the screen just fully disturbed me, and I was not happy about that at all. How about you guys? There was guy?
1: no point to her being there. There was no point to her being there. No point at all. And Selena, did you think that this was a good comeback for Cardi? Because I feel like she hasn't made songs in a minute and this blew up. Oh yeah, yeah. so Cardi hasn't released
0: any new music in nine months. So she said in an interview, she feels like it's 2017 when she uh, released her dynamic and explosive Bodak Yellow which changed the course of all of our lives. But I do just wanna plus one on the Kylie Jenner hate really quickly because nearly 60,000 people have signed a petition to remove Kylie Jenner from the WAP video. Now, I'll say this, I haven't signed it yet, but I really liked how the video was spotlighting up and coming black and brown artists, female artists at that, like Normani, Mulatto, and Ruby Rose. But then all of a sudden, Kylie Jenner pops up for 20 dramatic seconds And I was just like, why are they giving her a cameo when she is constantly appropriating black culture? And not only that, so people are going off, the people who actually signed the petition to get her removed, even though that's probably not going to happen. One person wrote, and I quote, I was happily enjoying my daily cup of brown women until that (laughs) culture-stealing colonizer showed up and made me spill. Another signee wrote, and I quote, she is a culture vulture who doesn't remember how her own complexion looks down with the culture vultures! look kylie did not need to be there like to me kylie just needs to take a seat like I, i'm just sick of her but I, even though i don't know if cardi or megan have directly responded to the petition but cardi did tweet Saying she thanks all of the women for being in her video and that she was intentional about asking women of all races and backgrounds to be in the video. So I guess Cardi was trying to be inclusive, but we're like, sis, I'm over the white validation. You don't need Kylie Jenner to validate you or to, you guys already crossover hit. Like you guys already make crossover um, hits. They're, wow. you know, they're crossover mainstream wow. artists at this point. Like, if anything, they're doing Kylie a favor. By showing that okay, she's acceptable. Kylie is not doing you a favor. Like, come on, let, let's yeah. take it back to the Bronx. Yeah. Tell, tell Kylie to come to the, Cardi if you want her in a video. Tell her to come to the Bronx and what? then put her in a video and let's see if she's if she's really about that life. Well, well, I don't, know. I, I, don't know. Guess I guess
1: Megan's friends with her. Maybe they were helping her get a check since she's not really a billionaire and she's poor, so she needs the money from the video. I don't know. Maybe they tr- were trying to help their friend.
2: Let Kylie Jenner pay all the Black women whose fashion ideas she stole from them and then didn't even credit them. Let her do that, and then maybe we can have a conversation about her being in the presence of Black people. Let Kylie Jenner get the fade she deserves for posting a, a picture of her foot on Instagram a day after the got shot. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she can show up in the video. But until then, that culture vulture needs to stay away.
1: You know, I will say this. I do like Cardi's messagery that, you know, every one of our races is welcome. Because it's true, hoes do come in all colors. And I do respect that. I, I, listen, I love me a multicultural fest, OK? I love it. But there were a lot of other Caucasian women that might have been OK to put into the video. And I think that to choose someone that so regularly gets so much hate for the damage that they do to Black women in Black communities, I feel like that was a little tone deaf and messy of Cardi, Cardi and Megan. Not to mention, you know, I w- I have to s- I really have to say this as a gay lady, it was really an erection killer. You know, the whole <laughs> video was just an ass fest. You know, just really great. <laughs> and then um, Kylie Jenner pulls up, and you're like oh
0: (laughs) yeah she didn't do it for me and to your point tammy about other white women who would have been way more appropriate people were uh tweeting that betty white would have been a way more appropriate and 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 acceptable i think for i would have loved to see betty white okay over kylie jenner so
1: yeah let's get it together you know who i think would have been perfect do you know batty winkle No, I'm not familiar. She's this old white lady and she literally got famous because one day on Instagram or something, she put on her granddaughter's like club rave girl clothes, you know, and like now she has her own Instagram where she dresses like a Gen Z raver. She wears like weed clothes and like really tight holographic skirts, but she's like 90 something and everyone loves her. Molly, it is true. You see my cat's paw right now? She's crazy. (laughs) Oh <laughs> little Miss Kitty. But it's true, Molly, she is an icon, and she would have made such a better cameo. Plus, I I know that Baddie would have at least thrown it back in the video. Kylie exactly. did nothing. She didn't do anything.
2: You know who should have been in anything. Video too? Who? Who's that girl that had sex with um Courtney Kardashian's husband? What's her name? Jordan, Um, whatchamacallit?
0: Oh, name? yes, they oh, kissed yes. Stanley. They was. only kissed, she kissed Tristan Walker. She did not have sex with Tristan. Oh, 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 okay. There's a
1: whole laundry list of ladies who should have made it in. There's yeah. two girls, So Saweetie, Jordan Hill, anybody, any and old And Betty woman. White, like
0: I said earlier.
2: Yes, Betty White is top of the list, arguably. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to know about. about Betty White's post-menopause whack. I don't. I'm, okay, I'm,
0: OK, you're being ages. Stanley's
1: been extremely
2: agent. We love Betty White. I am. I am. We love her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that WAP. No, I don't.
1: Well, anyway, for all of y'all listening, if you haven't already, definitely stream WAP because it is immediately the song of the summer. Meg the Stallion, Cardi, they've done it again. If you haven't, feel free to check out the WAP video because it is mwah, an ass fest. And you know, if you don't want to see Kylie, go on to Twitter, Black Twitter, and find one of the edits without her on it.
2: <laughs> yeah. we definitely uh, next, her on
1: next up in the roster, speaking of some diversity or lack thereof, okay. uh, we want to talk about the comments that Joe Biden made in a weird ad that was supposedly supposed to target Black voters that came out saying that there isn't much diversity in terms of thought in the african-american community he basically said you know latinos who vote in different parts of the country have different needs different ideas you know have different things to address and apparently black voters don't so i want to before i throw the story to y'all i just want to say i'm so tired black people are not a monolith yeah selena Why are his comments so damaging when he needs us? Like, he he does know that.
2: I have the clip if you guys want me to play it. Yes. Of course, Stanley. All right, so this is the clip of Joe Biden talking about the Blacks. And by the way, what you all
1: know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things.
2: And that is... (laughs) We can go through the whole thing, but that's really the gist of what he said. I didn't have to put out a statement clarifying his statements. Go ahead now, Selena.
0: Yeah, so in answer to Tammy's original question, yeah, he is extremely insensitive. He's an older white man whose perception of race, whose perception of race uh, and race relations has not evolved with the times, obviously. And it's very unfortunate, but it's not surprising. I think that it's important for us to acknowledge uh, the cultural differences between Black Americans, like those who have roots in the Caribbean, Africa, Latin America, and even the American South. And to diminish those cultures and the richness of those cultures is extremely ignorant uh, and insulting on many levels. So yeah, I was very disappointed in Joe Biden and I wish he would just shut it up until November 4th. Like he'll get elected, he'll get the Black vote. Like he does, like what he's doing at this point is hurting his chances of Black voter turnout. However, I want to say this, what's even more egregious than Biden's comments, in my opinion, is the fact that Donald Trump has the audacity to attack him over these racially ignorant remarks. And we know that Donald Trump has a track record of race baiting, i.e. he's called white supremacist, very fine people. He literally banned travel from some African countries. He's called Haiti and other African nations whole countries. He's attempting to repeal the uh, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. And he recently called the Black Lives Matter mural outside of Trump Tower a symbol of hate. So let's not get it twisted, guys. Biden is ignorant, he's an old white man, but the stakes are too high for us to not vote for him.
1: That's my take.
2: Tammy, can I just make one quick addition to that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you a
1: rhetorical question, but I know you're ready to go off.
2: Yeah, listen, like, don't let Joe Biden distract you from the fact that we had to vote for Joe Biden in November, all right? Joe Biden is pretty much the standard white politician who says things about Black people but doesn't know anything about Black people. Don't worry. Black people know white people very well, and we know how to organize this type of white. So that's all I'm worried about doing. What I'm more scared of is the fact that the Trump Team is helping Kanye get on Ballots in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania So he can pull votes away from Donald Trump away from Joe Biden And Kanye knows this and says that's why he's running The race so that's what I'm way More worried about than anything else Dude
1: Trump is gonna win Trump is going to win. Like, I really, I've been saying this for many months now, but I just really think so. That is my prediction. I hope it isn't the case, but I do believe so. And all of this is really lining up. I mean, I don't know if y'all remember the Charlemagne the God interview with The Breakfast Club where he pretty much just said like, you're not black if you don't vote for me. He doesn't care. Well, he,
0: Someone said in our on Zoom that he's literally a senile racist. Thank you, Rachel, for leaving that comment. Rachel also commented, "How can Kanye even be even be on ballots this late?" So Stanley is right. There was a New York Times article, and the um, a few other outlets have reported on how Republican operatives are working in Trump's favor. They successfully got his name on a ballot in Arkansas. And um, they're working, they were working to get his name on a ballot in Wisconsin. What he, the people he has working in his favor happen to be a like prominent, experienced uh, Republican election lawyers, <laughs> like at least one. One was actually working on Trump's legal team a week or two ago. So they are doing everything. So they look, they know the system, they know how to game it, and they are doing everything in their power to try to get votes away from Joe Biden so that Trump can be reelected. Look, guys, honestly, I don't even want to spend too much time talking about how senile Joe Biden is and the things he says that's ignorant, because like I said, he, we still have to go out and vote for him because this country cannot stand another four years of Trump. If, if we have to have another four years of him in the White House,
1: I guarantee you that the damage that he will do will be unreversible. Well, let's see what America looks like starting in 2021, because Joe Biden is not making it easy for voters, I'll tell you what. And in line with, you know, Trump trying to make himself look better in line for the primary, um, Trump actually just signed um, a few executive orders that are supposed to provide economic relief to those still struggling because of COVID-19. Um, some of which includes unemployment benefits as Trump was actually notoriously somebody who, you know, talked about how unemployment was running out and was still needed. Now. The Senate and the House are at a stalemate in terms of the next uh, economic stimulus bill. And so this actually ends up looking kind of good for Trump because he's taking decisive action. However, many people are confused because it doesn't seem that Trump actually has the authority to do this. And looking further into what he actually issued, it may not be much at all. So Stanley, I'm gonna start with you because I know that you've been tweeting lately about this. Does Trump's executive orders actually do anything for the population?
2: No, it doesn't. So the one thing that he does have the authority to do is to delay student loan payments because that's a federal department. But they're not really delaying student loan payments. What they're saying is you won't be charged interest until December 31st. And then all the interest you didn't pay all those previous months will be charged to you January 1st, 2021. So Mm -hmm. if you have student loan debt, this could set you up to have a really bad tax hit. He also said payroll tax cuts, which is pretty much the money that goes to pay for social security. It doesn't make sense because most people still aren't working right now. So it's not going to benefit benefit a lot of people. Also, you have to be making between $40,000 a year or $90,000 a year to even benefit from that. And it's about $20 to $30 extra in your check. It's not a big boost. So, and it also, like, it's not a mandate. It's jobs are suggested to do this. And what happens, just like student loans is, you don't have it taken out of your check right now. And then January 1st, 2021, that's a tax hit. So you will get hit for not paying those payroll taxes on January 1st, 2021 as a violation. So once again, it's Trump BSing. As far as the unemployment, it only covers about an additional four weeks of unemployment and it's not $400 a week in unemployment. It's actually only between 150 to $300 And the states have to match it for it to hit 400 The states don't have any money. States are going bankrupt. So unless Congress passes a bill that passes the stimulus package, this means literally nothing. Here's the thing about it. Democrats have been pushing for $600 a week until the end of 2021. And the White House and Republicans are saying no, they're refusing. So all Trump did was extend it by another month. And that's it. And it's not guaranteed in every state, because if your state isn't able or willing to pitch in that money, you're not going to get it. So that's pretty much the executive order. Everything else, if you actually look at the document, it's saying we suggest these things happen or a secretary of treasury needs to figure out a way to make this thing happen or think about a way to do this thing. It's not actually helpful. The fact of the matter is Congress, the Senate and the House have to pass a stimulus bill and they have to pay for this stuff. If they don't pay for this stuff to fund it, it's just a bunch of scribble-scrabble on paper. Trump is lying to folks.
1: Selena, do you think this will affect his allowability at all? Both, you know, just passing it itself and it being useless, you know? Absolutely, because I think that through his propaganda
0: channel, AKA Fox News, uh, what they continue to do is lie to the people and uh, use very hyperbolic language to glorify him for doing something and taking some type of decisive action. I think that because we don't have an educated electorate, people who can think critically enough about what's really going on, and people who just are voting on a single issue, which happens to be racism and white supremacy, yes, this could possibly help him. And to Emanuela's point, who just left a comment on Facebook Live, and I quote, we are doomed.
1: Oh, I hate that energy. It feels like COVID won't let up, and all of our government is just like, "That's a you problem, not an us
0: problem." <laughs> oh, I that feel like, like a, that sounds like a that's what, what's the saying? That sounds like a
1: personal you problem. personal problem. Yes, yes. Meanwhile, out here, Cuomo is telling parents and kids that COVID is a personal problem, because he actually just put out a mandate also this week that schools in New York are formally reopening, which will make New York City one, actually not one of the only major school system in the US to formally announce reopening. Um, Stanley, is this a good idea or not?
2: No, the governor wouldn't let gyms open, and gyms had committed to having everybody walking around with hand sanitizer, cleaning off all workout stations and requiring a mask at all times. And the governor's office and the health department said it was not safe enough. But you can open up schools, which is a recommendation to wear a mask and nothing else. And on top of that, the governor is trying to cut $10 billion from public school education. So how are schools gonna open up when they have to be at least half virtual most people upstate in the rural parts don't have internet access, and then the schools don't have the resources to improve or prepare for COVID. The governor is setting up a disaster.
0: Stanley, why know. is, you know, Cuomo's your man's in, in them. Why is he doing this? You know a lot about Cuomo.
2: Why? Help him, Stanley? So the governor is thinking about things a couple of ways. One, the governor wants to reframe the way that public schools are considered. He wants to de-emphasize in-person schooling and pretty much like shift public schools to private private funding. So have a bunch of people learning digitally through companies like the Gates Foundation and like private charter schools. So that's his larger vision for education. So this fits in with it because if you go back to school and it fails miserably, then you have the argument to say, let's give this school structure to Bill Gates or to Dan Loeb Or whoever else and they have these innovative ways to make schools better so that's one piece of it the second piece of it the governor is trying to create a crisis to force the like house and the senate to do something so that they'll send money down because if they don't the governor will either either have to make massive cuts to services or tax the rich and he does not want to tax the rich he is absolutely against that and he's already threatened to raise subway fares bridge tolls and property taxes so he does not have to tax the rich So he's trying to set up a universe where he doesn't have to do that, but then he can blame somebody else.
1: Can I add something to that, Stanley? I also want to say that Cuomo really fancies himself a national leader. And so I feel like it really tickles him that we are, like our numbers are doing well. And to be the only school district, like the, well, not the only school district, but the only major city that is prepared, quote unquote, to send kids back to school, makes him look so good on a national level. I really think that it preps him for clout at the convention and like you've said before, a cozy cabinet seat with, with Biden. Um, Selena, I know that people are talking about you know the numbers being low and people really wanting to go back to school but what do you think preparation actually looks like and i want to read you a tweet or quote a tweet from earlier to start this off where folks are saying that schools cannot enforce students to wear masks but the tweet talks about how we've been enforcing girls to cover up for decades so what are some ideas you think could make reopening as least harmful as possible since it's happening i mean
0: if you ask me we should not be
1: reopening in 2020.
0: covid 19 is no different today than it was in march and april when everything was shut down we are not ready i don't see the big differences what's going to happen is these are children they're going to be sneezing and coughing all over each other and as rachel just said in the chat cuomo basically said let's sacrifice the children and teachers in new york there I don't think we're ready like there's there's no vaccine there's no cure um, you know every day the science it, it feels like it's changing it's is it airborne is it you can get it within six you no know, further than six feet like we still do, know so little about this novel virus that we have to give it time you just have to give <laughs> it time
1: I agree and here's to hoping maybe this can be a little mini call to action. We never do it in the news roundup, but you know, a call to action could be like, reach out to your locals and your school boards and your communities and let them know that you don't want to reopen. Because again, as with this pandemic, it's going to be poor black and brown children, parents and faculty and staff that are going to suffer. Public schools do not have the resources to reopen and children are now going to be suffering. We just found out that, you know, apparently COVID six months later is making people lose their hair in clumps and that people still can't breathe and walk right. So like- Or taste, I know people who still can't Mm. taste or smell weeks later. Like you said, we don't know enough about this to be confident in even addressing it should another outbreak happen. So please- Oh no, I can't do the hair thing. Oh no, oh no, honey, we can't. While these kids go back to school, we're all staying inside. Um, and so before I wrap up the news roundup, we do have one story that we didn't really get to, but it's just more of an announcement. Um, jail Brianna Taylor's killers, please. Yeah. Said Miss Oprah Winfrey with her wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all didn't know, Oprah Winfrey just paid the state of, or sorry, the city of Louisville, it was, um, to erect 26 large billboards calling for the prosecution of Breonna Taylor's murders. So this is our second call to action. Today's a real new, heavy, action-packed day. Reach out, y'all. Keep the momentum going. Keep your foots on their necks because Black women rarely see justice. And this time, it is truly unacceptable. So thanks, y'all, for joining us for the News Roundup. Uh, It was really nice to have y'all. I'm going to pass it off to Selena, but before I do, join us this Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the News Roundup Extended.
0: Yep. Thank you so much for that, Tammy. And yes, now it's time to talk all things Beyoncé. So basically, in a world full of racism, Donald Trump, white supremacy, Beyoncé has debuted her latest artwork, Blackest King, which is a visual comp companion to the 2019 album, The Lion King, The Gift, and it is truly a breath of fresh air. In it, she shows that Black is beautiful, Black is glorious, and that, and she shows the rich heritage that Black people have in connection to Africa. Uh, it is, again, it was inspired by the 2019 remake of The, uh, of the Lion King, and it also tells a story The story of the African king who was cast into a world as a baby and then grows up and eventually returns home to reclaim his throne. Uh, Along the way, he meets a lot of different people. He has interactions that remind him of of his identity, of his history and of his family. And of course, it's all interwoven with Beyonce's uh, dancing and music. Um, So she plays the mother figure and she narrates the entire 85 minutes of the film as well. And throughout it, not only is she encouraging Simba to be king, but she's basically telling Black, to me, sending a message to Black people about what it means to love ourselves, to love our identity and understand where we come from. Now, the visual album was shot in a lot of different countries in africa including nigeria ghana and south africa and it also does in a magnificent job of showcasing all of the natural beauty of the neverland i mean the motherland i'm talking seas forests deserts waterfalls it all beautiful beautiful landmarks It also features, as I mentioned, um, a lot of choreography, but it wasn't just any choreography, it was African dance routines, and on top of that, a number of African musicians. So Beyonce used her platform to really spotlight the artists in Africa who are making waves and exposing that to us here in the States. With this project, Beyonce ultimately put a conversation about Africa on the front line. In the end, It shows that we are one. It shows that blackness is beautiful and it shows that it's time for us to acknowledge the royalty that is also connected to our heritage. However, of course, the project has not come without some criticism. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about Black is King, Beyonce, and the message that we think is being communicated here. Um, Now for me, my initial reaction, and I watched it in its entirety yesterday, last night actually, after seeing, it was like literally flooding my timeline. And my reaction was that it was a celebration of Blackness. And I think it's also very timely. If you think about it, Black Lives Matter has literally researched and taken over the globe. So I feel like a film that really celebrates Black joy and Black beauty is definitely speaks to the time and the, and this type of zeitgeist. Um, I think it was a masterpiece that also makes a powerful uh, reclama- um, reclamation of what Black heritage is. And I really love the art direction, the costumes, and the production. So I'll throw it over to you first, Tammy. What did you think about Black is King?
1: Oh, I was in love. Like, I was in love. The whole thing starts to finish, mwah an artistic masterpiece i actually you know rachel's in the live right now i was texting rachel as it was going and i was like six minutes in and i'm crying because it's true you know this is bigger than us so i felt so strongly emotionally about the whole thing i'm also a big fan of art and beyonce just in general as a pop culture lover and a music lover and the fine arts references, the color theory, the looks, the visuals, it just gave me so much that with the message alongside, you know, the talent and the aesthetic and the art, I just, oh my gosh, I was loving it. I was loving it.
0: Stanley, what's your reaction to Blackest King?
2: Listen, I, um, I'm a big fan of Beyonce and appreciative of, like, of her artistry. I love Blackest is King. Um, I, I, honestly, I wasn't even going to watch it. Marilyn forced me to watch it. Um, I was going to go in and watch anime, and she was like, sit down. You're going to watch this. And I'm super happy that she did. The music, as always, is A1, but the visuals are just breathtaking. And it's so just, like, humbling and wonderful to see all the different the different nuances of Blackness that exist. Um, and, like, the way that she moves in different religions, but particularly the Yoruba, into her music. It's just amazing. I love it. It's very nice to see, like, a music video that's not draped in super Western um ideologies even though it's a very capitalistic centered video
0: well that's a good point there stanley about you know it's still glorifying capitalism um but what other messages is beyonce communicating through this art in your opinion stanley
2: so a couple of things i think she's really communicating black love through this art and she's showing showing the nuances of blackness in this art And also the fact, like, a Blackness beyond America. So I remember a couple years ago, I said to someone, I didn't understand Blackness beyond slavery. Because that was all that I ever knew. That was my only experience. That was the only story that is consistently told. Things like Black is King, it gives you a Black experience beyond slavery. It gives you a Black experience beyond the suffering, beyond the persecution that we know that Black people have gone through. It tells a story of Africa. And that is, like deeply humbling and deeply, like, exciting, because we are more than just the transatlantic slave trade, trade. We are more than just the suffering at the hands of white supremacy. We are beautiful. We are rich. We are powerful. We are malevolent. We are religious. We are spiritual. So I really love Black is King for all those pieces.
0: Thank you, Stanley. Tammy, what message was Beyoncé communicating, and what messages really resonated with you?
1: Well, I really, like, big plus one to everything stanley said i really really especially the parts about blackness being something other than slavery you know i've said this on a few shows and i just said it in the news roundup black is not a monolith and that is something that i really took from black is king i loved the diversity of colors of presentations of types of people like you have the king, and then you had the hustlers, and then you had, you know, the subjects. And so I just felt like it was very nuanced in that way. I did really, the main message that I got was a sort of coming of age, like coming into your power type deal, Um, especially as a black woman. um, when, When he grew up and he finds wifey, and the song hits my power. That was so strong because you watch him through the through the visual album grow up, possibly get connected with the wrong people, sort of cling to his mother, get a little confused. I just thought it was such, it was so well done. And something that I really liked about focusing on the coming of age and coming into responsibility aspect of the album is that through adultification, which is a microaggression that Black people do experience, especially here in the States. Um, I feel like Black children aren't given the time or space to sort of like discover and make mistakes and be unsure. They're thrust into heavy situations very easily and not given that space. And I liked that Beyonce did portray that, that the child did have heavy responsibility and did see big situations early on, but there was such an innocence around him in such a room for growth. That was like my main takeaway.
0: Yeah, you know, thank you so much. That that analysis was really interesting. Thank you for that, Tammy. Um I think that for me some of the messages that really resonated were definitely the glory of Blackness and just a longing for identity. Um, Me personally, my parents, not both my parents, but my maternal side is from the South. And like growing up in New York City, where I grew up around a lot of Caribbean Black folks, and they were like, where are you from? And I was just like, here? And it it was just like, no, like, and and they couldn't really understand like how you could just be from here. And at the time I didn't always have like the verb and the language to really articulate like, oh no, my, fa- my family migrated from the South and like it's rooted in slavery. But like, I mean, and, and, and it goes back to American slavery. But I think that, so I understand that longing for a deeper connection of like where your features come from, why it is that, you know, you look a certain way and you do things a certain way. And it wasn't until I actually started doing more research that I understood The West African influences in my own family. Like for instance, even though my family was unapologetically Christian, my grandmother always slept with a comb underneath her pillow. And she did a lot of other things that are considered superstitious. But as I was doing research, those, that type of, those type of practices or were literally rooted from like West Africa and like even the things we used to cook like yams like we call them candy yams that's a West African food and like grits and stuff like that so again I really understand that connection because we're told to just be one way or to do one thing if you're told at all like you just think this is the norm and I didn't really have an understanding of how much my identity and things we did was rooted in from the motherland. So I, you know, I appreciate projects like Black is King for helping American Black people like me, with family from the South, understand. Um, yeah, I d- Stanley, quickly, did you have something to say?
2: Yeah, you know, like, I'm Haitian. Like, that's that's my lineage. And, you know, the Haitians fought the war. They were deeply inspired by beauty.
0: Stanley, you're going in and out.
2: I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what's up with my reception this year. This, this day. I said, I'm Haitian. And the Haitian Revolution, when they fought for their freedom, it was deeply inspired by voodoo, which was an offshoot of Yoruba, which Yoruba is a Western African religion that, like, explains its origins in Nigeria. It's so, like, I found, like, you know, like, it's just so interesting. Like, you learn these different pieces of yourself and your history through Beyonce's music. I really appreciate her for that.
0: No, for sure. And, you know, speaking of the West African religion, um, What influences did you notice or see, uh, Tammy, when it came to, did you notice any West African religious references in Black is King?
1: So I'm totally going to out myself. I don't have like much knowledge of sort of West African religions, but you know, like Stanley said, I'm, I'm Caribbean too. So I see some of that like in my own family and just some of the ways that they practiced or they moved were familiar to me, even without understanding. But moving forward from this, I definitely want to learn what specifically she referenced.
2: So, Selena, um, if it's cool with you, I want to like, read one or two comments from Facebook, and then I'm going to tell you about like, some of the religious pieces that I've noticed. Is that okay? Yes. So Davida Washington, shout out to the thanks for watching. Says people criticize the fact that she failed to capture skyscrapers and black wealth in Africa, which is definitely there. But in my opinion, it's like who cares about black wealth? Black wealth has never saved us. Um, and shout out to Emanuela who's a Haitian Cuban American. Um, but like and and Emanuela who will really understand this because of both of her lineages, like Haiti and Cuba, the Yoruba is very important. So like I wanna actually like just talk about like what Beyonce was doing. So this is not, like, just a Black as King thing. This started in Lemonade, where if you remember in the beginning of Lemonade when Beyonce falls, she yep. jumps up that building and then she lands into the, the water, the body of water, right? Like, she's killing off her original self. and she And, like, as she's doing that, though, she's saying, like, I slept on a cot for 60 days. I abstained from sex. I wore all white. My hair grew down to my feet. Those are actually rituals you have to go through when going through Yoruba. Like, when you're trying to become, like, be, like, bring into the religion. Um, Santaria, particularly, you have to wear all white for a year. But these are all rituals you have to do to become, like, into the religion. So that's what she was talking about. But when she comes out of that water, she's in all yellow. And she's in all yellow because she's the Orisha. So I actually did a little research because I'm still learning about this. I don't want to butcher it. In the Yoruba cosmology, um, Oshun, which is what Beyoncé says she is, not Orisha, Oshun, is a goddess, or the Orisha, of love, sensuality, and femininity. She is a river goddess, and one of her attributes is to bring forth sweet and fertile waters. Oshun is a mother. Her waters were essential to the creation of humanity, and she looks at the small children before they can speak. She also associates with wealth and is said to love shiny things. She is represented draped in yellow.
1: Don't we all, girl?
2: Yep. She is also represented draped in yellow. Oshun exudes sexuality and all the qualities associated with the fresh, flowing river water. So like, if you guys wanna learn more about that, check out Battleby um, Mace's article in Vice from 2018. Oshun can also be, deep, be deeply jealous and vengeful, which is why Oshun was so important in Lemonade, because you saw that she was angry and vengeful at Jay-Z cheating on her, because Oshun loves deeply and hard. And Oshun comes from the religion Yoruba, and I wanna just like very quickly define that to me, and I promise I'll be quick. The Yoruba religion comprises the traditional religious and spiritual concepts and practices of the Yoruba people, its homeland is in present-day southwestern Nigeria, which comprises Oyo, Ogun, Oshun, Ondo, Ekiti, as well as Lagos states and the adjoining parts of Benin and Togo, commonly known as Yoruba land. So we've started to see a lot more influences of these of this religion in the states because a lot more Black people, myself included, have really started to dig deeper into the Yoruba because, um, Voodoo, Santaria, all these religions have been influenced by Yoruba, even Catholicism, where they turned the, the, the Santaria goddesses and the Voodoo goddesses and, and priests into saints so that folks could more easily convert to Catholicism. So it's very interesting.
0: It is. Thank you so much, Stanley, for uh, particularly connecting Beyoncé's latest work to Lemonade and some of the West African religious um, influences there. Another Before we got into that, you read a comment It seemed like some of the criticism about capitalism and black wealth, I actually wanted to get into that because not everyone has been loving black as king. In fact, some critics say Beyonce is exploiting African culture. For instance, on Twitter, one user who goes by the name Radio Cranberry tweeted that many of the characters in the video are dressed up in animal print, thus perpetuating stereotypical representations of Africans. She tweeted and I quote, I'm tired of seeing animal Skin costumes. This is not how we dress, for goodness' sake. Climbing in trees, etc. I think this is how the Western world likes to imagine Africa, so it's for their consumption, not ours. Tammy, do you agree or disagree? And also, have you seen other uh, n- uh, negative critiques of Blackest King?
1: Um. Oh, yeah, I remember when No Name's critique came out. I got so irritated because she said. Beyonce was appropriating black or sorry African culture. I just want to say, honestly, sometimes SJWs y'all do too much. Hold on, y'all no, do
2: too me. much. No alphabet soup. What does SJW stand for? For folks who social work?
1: justice warriors. Thank you. But I'm talking specifically about people who are more interested in peddling theoretical situations and theory than actual praxis. Let me tell you, okay, you can be upset at Africa being portrayed with animal prints, but literally those animals come from Africa. There is a reason that those prints are associated. Also, why would Beyonce's literal African artist-packed visual be appropriative when she's literally working with African artists? Like, I get that she executive produced it. It was like her thing, you know, she called the shots. But most of the songs have African artists in them. Most of the dancers, like you said in the intro, Selena, it was packed with African choreographers, dancers, artists. I'm sure she used African designers. Like, I don't understand how it's taking advantage. Like, okay, Beyonce and Jay-Z are capitalists. Yes, they do what they do for money, who doesn't? But I don't think there's anything wrong with using your voice and your platform to amplify groups of people and cultures that often get downtrodden, especially when it's done in a way that Beyonce did. Quite frankly, I thought the visual was an homage to African art and African talent and Sure, she may have used some things that might have been considered stereotypical, but in no way was that done disrespectfully. People were wearing animal print and dripping in jewels. Okay? She had a basket on her head, and then she showed local villagers with baskets on their head. I mean, it was so, so tasteful in my opinion. Yeah, um, okay. also, yeah oh, oh, oh,
0: sorry. Y- yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Stanley. You can go ahead, please. Respond to the criticism.
2: Like, there are people who wear animal prints in Africa. Like, there's there's over 60 countries in Africa. So, like... There's 54 countries in Africa. Like, Ooh, I was way off. Ah! <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, there were 50 countries in Africa. So, well, like, there's different iterations of it. So why would it necessarily mean that she was appropriating it? I don't know. I'm very defensive of, like, Beyonce as, like, someone who I appreciate the way, like, she tells a story. And I've been challenged by No Name because I feel like if you're going to call people out, you got to be ready and and able to take the hits. So I was one of the few people who didn't understand why folks were upset when J. Cole responded to her and everybody got mad at him. It's like, if you're going to call people out, you got to be, like, ready for when they respond. And now she's calling Beyonce out, and then she she deleted her Twitter account for a short period of time because she was receiving death threats. And, like, no one should send death threats. But it's like, you're going to come for Beyoncé, you don't think folks are going to have a thing to say to you about it? You know her fans are crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. The beehive. Woo, I would... Bees (laughs) bite and sting, Um, according to Beyoncé. In one of her songs, she said, and and bees are known to bite. Yes, and I am going to take Beyoncé's word on that. Um, but, But criticism aside, how has this visual album impacted culture and what long-term effects do you see it having, Tammy?
2: So, I just keep thinking about Dark Skin Girl. I Tammy, gonna... It's Tammy, but
0: go ahead, Stanley.
2: Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, continue, please. Go <laughs> ahead. Yes, you want to talk about Brown Skin Girl? Go ahead, Stanley.
2: Yeah, Brown Skin Girl. I just keep thinking about that song, and I'm just imagining a little dark-skinned girl singing that song. And, I mean, I'm not a, a brown-skinned girl. I'm a brown-skinned boy. I identify as a male. But I remember how much shame I used to have about my dark skin. I've written about it a lot. I talked about it a lot. There's just like, this is not a lot of love. Well, there wasn't a lot of love for dark skinned people. And I really hated my dark skin. I like think I told you once that I tried to take a bath in bleach when I was a kid because I wanted to get rid of it. And like, songs like Brown Skin Girl are so powerful and so important because a lot of kids, kids like who were like me, but like, what girls just did not see the beauty in themselves. And so, like, songs like that are really going to make a difference, I think. I wish I could've had a song like that when I was 12 and 13.
0: Let me say this, because when I was watching the brown skin girl visuals, I cried. Me too, Selena. I literally started crying because not only was it a beautiful representation of sisterhood and Black sisterhood, but I don't think that I've ever felt celebrated in this way. I don't think brown people who don't pass the paper round test the paper bag test have ever been really celebrated and i know we've had you know other songs and artwork but i think something with such a global impact that was literally featured on disney has n- it's never been to this magnitude like this is not niche type of content that she's creating this is mainstream for mainstream audiences and another thing that really resonated with me is the fact that Beyonce was saying in her music, she says the same things that Nick Cannon was saying about how melanin, like they're mad because white people are mad because they don't have melanin and how, you know, we should celebrate our blackness. Like when I was listening to the songs, particularly Black Parade, which comes on at the end during the credits, I'm like, hold on, how is this any different from what Nick Cannon was saying? And he got, you know, criticized, crucified, and fired. We had a separate segment, so check that out, because he also had some things that were anti-Semitic. But um, I think the pro-Black sentiment that Beyoncé is pushing through her songs at this time, it's not for real. Um, Tammy, is Beyoncé's
1: music politically driven? Yeah, I mean, I... So I think now her music is politically driven, and her and Jay-Z have, you know lately they've shied away a little bit but you know they have really put their money where their mouth is in some instances um to try to make some sort of an impact for their community i've noticed that especially since she got pregnant with blue ivy i feel like motherhood has changed beyonce in that now she is representing for blue i mean even in the video blue is there and she's like propping her up like she is the next generation for her. And so I do think her music has become politically driven somewhat. Um, Something that I really like, and I'm I'm sorry, but I'm gonna go back to your last question too, is that with this politically driven message, how I see it impacting is that Beyonce has done something that is so extremely rare in our culture, which is she has made powerful, critical, possibly resented statements in a way that is going to be eaten up and consumed by the mainstream. White women love Beyoncé and white women are going to watch this album and have an understanding of African culture and history that they possibly did not before. Black kids, like you said Stanley, brown boys and girls are going to watch her and how she I mean, the way that she holds Kelly Rowland's face, I know they're related, but the way that she holds Kelly Rowland, the way that she dances with Lupita, the way that she so intimately plays with them during Brown Skin Girls, it's so positive. It's not, like, I know, you know, us light skins, we really you know, we be acting some type of way sometimes and may not be the best at all times. But even sometimes light-skinned people will pipe up and get really loud in the conversation and be like, oh yes, our dark-skinned brothers and sisters. But no, Beyonce actually took herself out of a lot of those shots and props up her sisters and like dresses up their hair and plays with their clothes in a way that centers their beauty. So I just feel like, this messaging on Disney Plus is going to elevate the movement. And I feel like Beyonce may may or may not have just elevated the Black Lives Matter movement. Hmm. Well, Stanley,
0: um, I definitely want to get your final thoughts on all that Black is King has done, all it represents for you personally as a Black man, and what needs to be done so that we can contribute to pay tribute
2: to the motherland, Africa, and blackness? Well, I mean, Blackest is King is a continuation of my appreciation for Beyonce, but really the album that did it for me was Lemonade. I think Lemonade is the best album that Beyonce ever, ever put out. It's probably one of the best albums in the last 30 to 40 years. It's her magma Op- opus. Um, and it was also the album that got me interested in like West, like in like, Western African religions and got me looking into um, the Yoruba and Orisha and all those things and Blackest King was a continuation and an exclamation point on that. I really appreciate that, but it really tied like the religion and the people together in ways that I hadn't done yet. So I'm really appreciative of that.
0: Stanley, just quickly expand on what made Lemonade such a powerful album and why you think that's the best piece of work she ever put out.
2: So even though Bell Hooks has been very critical of Beyonce, I feel like Lemonade is a perfect example of talking about patriarchy in a way that it hurts masculinity while talking about a, like a black family and black love and how black love is challenged by all the structures of white supremacy and capitalism. And if you really look at Lemonade and like what she's talking about, and you put aside the, the transformation to Oshun, which is very important, What she's really talking about is like love and like how our childhoods and how like these systems have stopped us from being able to love and being able to find love and be able to find restorative justice so you can love yourself and that you can love others. And the way that she put that together in her music but also in a video while draping in these religious pieces that, that talked about really the basic principles of that religion was very powerful to me.
0: Thank you. Tammy, moving forward, you know, Black is King, it's trending now, but what can we do to continue to push this narrative about positive imagery connected to Africa and Blackness?
1: I think this is a perfect opportunity while Black is King is trending to do our homework and learn more about these things and start to use it in regular conversation. I mean, Um, Obviously, you know, don't take someone's religion and just start yakking off about it. But I do think that, you know, especially if you're in the black community and you start to notice like, you know, things that our sisters and brothers do, and you know, they're making comments about Africa that may not necessarily be correct. Let's educate them. Let's bring forth this knowledge so that we all have a collective shared understanding of what it is that we're descended from. And the second thing, which I think is more important because, you know, I love Beyonce and I love this album, but I do got to say she is a capitalist. Everyone needs to share their Disney Plus and title logins, period. This is community education, okay? You need to share the logins. You need to make sure that people have access to seeing Black as King because, unfortunately, it is behind a paywall, as a lot of fine art is. So, you know... um, Watch it, rewatch it, look up think pieces on it and then share that login so your folks can see it too. Thank you so much. And I'll just close out by saying this. Black is King for me
0: was an exercise in exploring, searching and seeking divine identity and connection. For me, it was a piece that really represents Beyonce's intentionality when it comes to the politics of representation. I think that as Tammy pointed out, she used her light skin privilege to really amplify and magnify the beauty of dark skin and brown skin women and i saw myself like loving the skin of my sisters who are darker than me and who maybe maybe even be as light as me but it just was really it just really showed the glory of our skin our culture and our heritage and it's something that we need i think that as i've said before and be her talk black joy itself is a form of resistance the fact that we can still love the fact that we can still forgive the fact that we can still be resilient is it speaks to our strength it speaks to the nature of that um i think that another thing that beyonce does is she shows blackness in all of its forms Stanley touched a lot on that when it comes to religion, um, when it comes to some traditional West African religions, um, you know, me as, you know, as a Christian, I know Christianity and Islam are actually big parts. A lot of people in Africa actually subscribe to those religion as well. But I think that what Beyonce was doing was showing that again, we have a history that is rooted deeper and that may, and is continued to be stigmatized. So I think I appreciate, um, fiance for being so afrocentric um i appreciate that she's hiring and casting so much black talent and putting them on her payrolls and i appreciate that even though she is operating within the system of capitalism um she's using it in a way that propagates us as a people and really makes us feel better about ourselves and to and to celebrate ourselves um and i love that and i appreciate that so if you haven't already watched it definitely check out blackest King I think I think it will be definitely well worth your time I want to shout out everyone who was leaving comments on our Facebook live thank you so much for all of the love and engagement also on zoom um, and if you're listening via podcast please share and tag us at be heard talk and also support us on patreon that's patreon.com slash be heard talk uh, if by supporting us we will continue to support the issues and causes that you care about so next week guys
2: Peace.
0: Bye, y'all.